What's up, you guys? It's another episode of A Man and His Podcast. It's your boy, Squints, here with a very special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Christian Rose, professional wrestler of a degree. <laughs> I'm trying to think when the first time I've seen you, I'm trying to think if it was... I, want, I don't know the exact event, but I know it was an anarchy right when they restarted. And I want to say it was... Uh, I forgot who you faced, but it was just you guys were all in the ring. The family were all in the ring, I think. And then that's the first time. And I became a fan instantly. Oh, okay. So so you say Anarchy restarted. So like post-NWL. Yes. Restart yes. of Anarchy. Okay. Yeah, I can't place what match that would have been. Because you guys were yeah. on a regular basis, I think, around that time too. What's that? I'm sorry? I think you guys were doing that on a regular basis, just standing in the ring and the crowd just. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. booing the ever-living shit out of all of us. Yeah. How uh, how does it feel like when you're in the ring in moments like that where the crowd's just like screaming at you, like in a bad way? Like you're just like, oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> how does that feel? Uh, so it's funny because for me, like I've spent most of my career being a, a villain or a heel, whatever you want to call it, right? So I was always aiming for that, always. It's not been until like the past couple of years where I've actually become like more comfortable in, in uh, a more babyface role. I, I've always been able to do it, but I never really felt like I was clicking at it, you know? Uh, so for me, being in the ring and getting that amount of heat and everything from a, a crowd, it's great. Like to me, to me, that's a good night at the office, you know? And like, I'm always overthinking things and I'm always kind of like, Oh man, we could have done this, you know, we could have done that. But when it's when it's good, it's good, you know. <laughs> uh, like the there was a lot of stuff with the family, specifically at Anarchy, that um I thought we were like really onto something, you know. Uh I've had matches and and done promos where people threw trash in the ring, you know. I, I did one one time where uh uh I've told this story on other podcasts and I, I you know it, it is what it is, but I basically a woman went into labor. Uh, at an outdoor show I was at during a promo I was cutting and they cut my mic because she was going into labor and I, I snapped. I was, I was just livid. Right. So an ambulance comes and I'm in the ring. My opponent's not even out there yet. Right. And the moment that they were loading this woman into an ambulance, they turned my mic back on and I just went off on her. I just unleashed on this woman as she's being loaded into an ambulance. I'm like, you're already a bad mother. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just, yeah. just cutting her down and people threw, they threw rocks. They threw actual fucking rocks in the ring at me before I even had a match. And then I wrestled and won. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, I actually thought I was going to get in a lot of trouble for that too. And fortunately the people in charge were maniacs just like me. So, um, but yeah, like to me, the goal in wrestling should be to get the best possible. Res you should try to get the best version of the desired reaction from the audience. Yeah. So if the goal is, hey, make them hate you. And you get that reaction. That's a good day at work, man. Well, like I was just, I was just telling Dingo this on the last episode when uh, Derek Neal came out and attacked him. I watched a fan physically get up from his seat and it looked like he was about to charge the ring and i was just like oh it's been a while since i've seen something like that happen 
Have you ever had that would like, have been a mistake on that guy's part too? But uh, <laughs> have you ever had anyone like charge you or the ring? I I have, but I it's a weird thing because I didn't know that it was happening. Um, I I didn't even find out about it until after the match. But I do remember having a, a match, and it was a little bit of like shenanigans before, you know, the actual wrestling starts. And I had pissed off somebody in the crowd very badly. And this might be the only time ever there was actually competent security at a wrestling show. But um, I, the match started, something happened, I sold out. And I was on the floor, and this guy, behind my back, by the way, lunged at me. And I don't know, because it's, it's directly behind me. Yeah. I have no idea. Lunged at me, I keep right on walking. Well, he comes over the guardrail and was coming at me. And again, I'm the dipshit that's just kind of like walking around the ring now. And security like nabbed him basically and kicked him out. That all happened directly behind me. But that guy was just a couple seconds too slow. And the guys that they had doing security were actually on point. You know, so I, (laughs) I get back in the ring and the guy that I was working with was like, holy shit and i was like what uh and then we just had you know had a match you know whatever i don't even remember the rest of it i don't even remember who i was working with um and then i got to the back and people were like dude they had to throw somebody out and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> you know what I mean? like it was like a bad looney tunes cartoon that's crazy i anytime like i ask a wrestler that their response to what you just said like it would be the biggest mistake or just like I wish, I, I wish somebody would like just. Oh, just, dude, I, 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 in hindsight, I wish that guy had gotten a hand on me. You know what I mean? Like because I would have been in a position to see, okay, this is not the person I'm having a match with. You know, he's in essence directly in front of me. You know, obviously something would have happened initially if my back is turned, but like, you know, please, please give me a reason to get my demons out. You know. no like it's just it's crazy because like it happens almost like once or twice a year i always see videos on twitter of like a fan just jumping the rail like that guy that like spared seth rollins in oh yeah yeah like Uh, who's the gentleman you may have to help me out was is it joe black is that the guy that yeah. happened like a few, like literally a few weeks ago, and that one was real bad because Joe Black just fucked his world up. Oh, of course he did. I've never even met the guy. Look at him. Holy shit. <laughs> well, I didn't even know of him until that. But like my favorite thing about that video is the, the fan that was trying to attack him, like shot for a double leg through a guardrail. And I'm just like, what was going through your mind? Like he just like headbutted him. Yeah. Like, it's so funny to me that like, so, okay, one of, one of my very early matches, like the only time I ever got my grandparents to come to a show, right? I got my, my grandparents and uh, one of my uncles to come to a show. And I'm only a few months in at this point, right? And they're basically going just to humor me. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, he's doing this fake stuff. He's doing this fake wrestling stuff. And I'm like, whatever, I don't care, just as long as you're there, right? Because in my mind, I'm like, hey, I just sold three tickets. <laughs> like, you know, great. Um and I had this match and we did a spot where I get hit with a chair and my grandmother who openly chastised me for pursuing this in the first place, the moment that happened, 
came up out of her seat and was rushing towards the ring and screaming, you son of a bitch, you hit my grandson again. I'll fucking kill you. And like, just absolutely lost her shit. And then afterwards was very much like trying to explain herself. Cause I was like, I thought you, you, you were all this like, Oh, it's fake. It's fake. And she's like, well, that, that was just too much. And I'm like, <laughs> well, too much. What? Like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I think that's one of the beautiful things about wrestling is that like you can know that the fix is in and people are still going to get that level of invested in, you know, like I always say, it's just like a movie. You buy a ticket to see a show, right? Well, Hey man, I saw Jurassic park in the theaters and I knew those dinosaurs weren't real, (laughs) but I was scared to death of those fucking things when I was a kid. You know, I wanted Dr. Alan Grant to survive, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, that uh, um, Adam Rawl, Sam Richardson, he put it the best way to me is when people like try coming at him about the oh that's fake, it's fake bullshit. He always comes back to them with it's violence theater, it's violent theater. That's all like best way to put yeah. it. Yeah, uh, uh, for the mind used to call it physical vaudeville. Yeah, you know? like I mean that's like because people at my work are starting to find out that I like wrestling, so they like to play the joke of oh you like watching you you like watching men grapple each other, and I'm like. Okay, I was like, "Is that all you got?" And they're like, "Fake, you know that." And I was the same guys that watch UFC. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh. like it, it's just funny when they like try getting me. They're like, "Oh, you like that fake shit?" And I'm like, "You were just raving about the new Spider-Man movie, dude. I hate to break it sure. to you, <laughs> he ain't and, that buildings." It and also like I did, I got to weigh in on this real quick because I always try to get this in as anytime I'm I can. The, the fights in the UFC are, are real, but if somebody tries to tell you that's a legitimate sport division or a sport league, they're full of shit. It's an entertainment company that is based on real fights, and that's it, period. Like, it's not ba- – like, the wins and losses don't fucking matter. They truly don't. Like, and I can explain – like, I'll put it very simply. Brock Lesnar, right? Huge draw for the UFC sold massive amounts of tickets and pay-per-view buys has his first fight loses has his second fight wins okay so he's two fights into his ufc career and he's one and one third fight is for the world heavyweight championship now explain to me (laughs) how if it's not based on pay-per-view buys and ticket sales and t-shirts and merch and all this other shit if it's just a Oh, it's just like the you know Major League Baseball or NFL or any other like sport league. You're one and one, <laughs> and you get a shot against the world heavyweight champion. Like, no, and it's like I'm not I'm not going to say that the fights are fixed. I'm not going to say that. Someone else might say that. I'm not going to, but it's not it's not a sport it's it's not a sport league it's not a sport division why why do they do these stupid weigh-ins where they stare down each other and somebody chest checks another dude every fucking time like why are the top draws the guys that have gimmicks you know like it it's not that they're bad fighters but like fuck man like anybody could have been conor mcgregor if they watched enough rick flair you know (laughs) my favorite thing is uh right now is the jake paul and logan paul thing where people are like oh i i can't believe i can't believe he thinks he's a boxer and i'm like you're doing what he wants you to do you're talking about him right and like, like get so upset when i say that 
And also, what do you mean he's not a boxer? The only thing that separates a guy who's not a boxer from a person who is a boxer is boxing. <laughs> you don't even have to be good at it. You, Any person listening to this right now, you can be a boxer. Just start boxing. Congratulations, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Whether you're any good or not, that's a whole nother, you know, kettle of fish, but. Well, yeah, like, and it's just funny because I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. So, like, I know exactly what Jake Paul's doing with all of his fights. I'm like, he's just, like, you you call it just talking trash or whatever. I look at it as him cutting promos to sell tickets, sell boxes. And that's like, absolutely. Honestly, I honestly, I wish there was more of it in like mainstream sports. Like, I would, I would. I used to watch football when I was younger. I haven't been into it in well over a decade, probably a decade and a half. Uh, what are we in 20? Yeah. The last time I really watched football would have been like Oh five Oh six. Yeah. I would, I would love to see actual like promos cut on a football field. I would love to see it, you know, so like, yeah, there's trash talk in the NBA. No man, more, <laughs> give me more. Give me a reason to watch these dumb fucks run back and forth all day. Like, yes, exactly. Exactly. I just, I don't know. Like, like I said, it might be because I'm a huge wrestling fan, but I love whenever any athlete trash talks another, because then it just like, it gets you invested. Like you're like, Oh, this person said this about him. They're going to be hitting each other extra hard on the field today, or he's going to be like, it's just simple as that. I think they kind of tried that with the original run of the XFL and it just didn't work. No. Like, no, next to nothing from that original run of the XFL worked at all, really. But, like, they did try to implement that type of thing. Because I remember watching some of the games, they're like, oh, man, Gus Gunderson's really going to be gunning for Bob Bobson tonight. And it's like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, I thought we were just watching another football game, you know, or I don't know. The my favorite thing about the original XFL is is they tried doing that stupid uh like fifty yard dash to the ball or whatever. First play yeah. they did of that, the player tore his ACL, and I'm like, <laughs> like come on, <laughs> like uh, one of my all time favorite jokes about the XFL when they first launched it uh, was I think it was actually David Letterman where he's like. Yeah, it's not as extreme as I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought there'd be like holes on the field with guys hiding in them. Or something. Well, like it was well before my time, like of remembering it. And like when I heard of the XFL, I thought it was going to be uh, just like NFL blitz the video game. Like I thought people were going to be like body. I, I think that's kind of what they sold it on. Yeah, like I just assumed like people were just going to be straight up just having hockey fights on the field and stuff. Like it's been better. Oh, like, I remember they put over this whole thing about like, oh, there's no fair catch rule. And I'm like, all right, but like, <laughs> you know, now what? You know, like, this is a factor at best once or twice a game, maybe. And then it's not But like, I, you know, I, I was like, let's, let's get all 40 guys from each team out there or something. Like, make this look like the civil war. Or something. Just have it like, be like, um, oh no, like, it's kind of like, rugby in a way but not at the same time just have it be a free-for-all just like you said all 40 men on the field for each team like have 80 men on the field just tackle on each other trying to get the ball just simple, yeah. as, simple as that but uh my next question is i want to bring up is you just recently had a match at journey pro where the lights went out 
Oh, yeah. Right, out. right before the match started, correct? Or mm-hmm. did the match already start? Yeah, because I see. Oh, no, my, my music hit. My music hit, and it literally said, sooner or later, and then the lights went out. <sighs> yep. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't know, in Journey Pro, I use a song called God's Gonna Cut You Down by a rapper named Damien. Uh, it's basically a rap version of the song God's Gonna Cut You Down. But yeah, it happened. I'm, I'm in the back. I'm getting hyped up. Boom. Down goes the power. Oh, man. Because I've seen videos yeah. of it on Twitter. Like, I've seen everyone talking about it, and I was like, there's no way. I'm like, because... That was for the inaugural champion, right? Correct. Like so it was a two-day two event. So we had done the opening round on night one. Night two, I'd already had two matches. Uh, Jeremy Wyatt had already had two matches. This is the main event. <laughs> you know, inaugural champion, all this other shit. And, uh, yeah, down it goes. So. That, like, so what's different between wrestling with, like, I guess – lights and then phone lights was there any difference or just feel different i mean so like physically it was different because there was a lot of times where i was like you you know you go to turn your head and you get like a flash you know from a phone or from you know a flashlight or you know whatever it's like ah fuck you gotta like refocus you know shut your eyes for a second so physically it is different uh mentally and emotionally it was just wild because that that crowd the the energy that for that match was just indescribable you know like i've i've talked about it before like there's not a doubt in my mind the match was going to be good like jeremy why don't have bad matches right uh i i do my best uh but like i knew the match was going to be good well then that happened and i was in the back and i'm like freaking out you know because i was already very anxious and very nervous uh you know what I mean? I was just kind of like on edge, so to speak. And then it was decided, just go do it. Fine. Fuck it. And that place was just, they were so loud and they were so into every little thing that happened and they wanted me to win so fucking bad. And then we told the the match itself is great. And it is available online by the way, in its entirety, uh, because Fun fact, and I didn't know this at the time, the cameras, because they were filming it and they were streaming it live on Twitch, the cameras were battery powered. So the stream went down, but the cameras stayed up. So that footage is available online. You can find it on YouTube. Journey Pros put it out. Please seek it out. Uh, For me, it's the best match I've had, you know, and like I'm very lucky. I've had a lot of great matches and I've worked with a lot of very, very cool people. But the circumstances around it with the lights going out and everything and just the energy from that crowd, uh, it was unreal. You know, like I, I've talked about on other shows. I don't care. I'll talk about it on this one. I went to the back and I cried, you know, and I, I, I'm a hard cry. I really am. But like I laid down in the dark on that concrete fucking floor and just wept. You know, I was just. They. They wanted it that that crowd wanted that conclusion so badly, and then the the lights go out and everything, and then that makes them only want it more, you know. And like, there's literal bits where you can see the lightning flashing through the windows behind us, you know. Like it, 
I, I was talking recently about it um, with a with somebody at a St. Louis Anarchy, and I said like the match would have been great, but the circumstances that happened made it an incredible moment. And like I'll take a moment over a great match any day of the week. Like yeah. great matches at this point are almost the standard, you know. Like they really are. Like we're we're spoiled as wrestling fans. Like we there's great matches constantly. So many of them you can't even talk about them. But great moments are very few and far between. And like that match and that moment got traction. You know, like people talked about online. Like fuck the fir- the uh, I evidently in PWI for the first time in my career because they referenced it and it's in uh, the new issue. So I actually have to go buy one of those goddamn magazines now. Um, but yeah, dude, like it was just just a, a, a really really special thing. You know, like yeah. I, I, I wish that everyone got to feel that kind of a rush, you know, mm-hmm. like because as as the match progressed and as it went on and on and like that and it's Jeremy Wyatt, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I've known Wyatt for a long time. I consider him a friend. I consider him a peer. He's one of the only people I work with occasionally that just still intimidates the shit out of me just because he's that he's just that good, you know, Um. But, like, even afterwards, he was, like, I'm not going to say, like, choked up or anything like that. But, like, you could tell that he knew that was something different. Yeah, yeah. Because that could have gone, like, one of two ways, the way it went. Or when the power went out, the crowd could have been, like, all right, yeah, we're out of here. Like, they could have, like, yeah. left because of the storm. They could have just said, yeah, fuck it. We're going home. You know, there's a storm outside. The, these guys can finish their little tournament next month or something, you know. Like, but. No, man, they stuck with it, and they stuck with us. And honestly, like, raise the bar, really. Like, whatever it is that we were going to do, for the most part, was still there, but it was definitely affected and altered by those situations. Yeah. Uh, Going back to you talking about Jimmy Wyatt, he is, like, one of the nicest, like, best ways to put it, nicest assholes I've ever, like, interacted with. Right. Because, like, he just always keeps that, like, hill persona. Like, whenever, like, on my birthday, I, like, tweeted at him. And I was like, you're going to say happy birthday? And he cut, like, this promo in his car. And he's like, oh, it's your birthday. Well, here's this for you. And he, like, flipped the camera off. He's like, fuck you. I hope you choke on your cake. And I was like, okay. And everyone was talking about it. And then, like, a couple weeks later, he was like, hey, I forgot your shirt at home. Uh, I'm not going to have it at Anarchy. I just send me your address and I'll send it to you for free. And I was like, all right. He's like, you already paid for it. I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to make you pay shipping. And I was like, all right. Like anybody could have just been like, oh, pay shipping also. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's, that's just the way that guy is. You know what I mean? Like he's, he, he holds his cards very close to the chest. I think is the way I like to put it, you know? Uh, and like, we've always gotten long, like uh, way, way back in the day in Anarchy, we were a tag team. Yeah. And, it was dope. <laughs> I love teaming with Wyatt, man. Like, we would legit be like, we're going to start a riot tonight. Tonight's night we get a mob to rush the ring, you know? <laughs> if there's anybody that could do that, it is Jeremy Wyatt. Like, I've seen fans get, like, just – he just knows how to get under people's skins. Like, when him uh, pulling the chair out from that lady. Oh, uh, man, so know, good. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Him uh, kicking – I think he kicked someone's pizza box closed or something, or like kicked their pizza tray. Yeah, uh, I think that was recent too. Yeah, but he's just, and then he's just amazing in the ring. Like if 
he should have been in the Ring of Honor Pure Title tournament a couple of years ago in El Stadium. Yeah, like, yeah sure. No, I agree. One of, the, one of the best wrestlers I've ever like gotten to see live. Just amazing in the ring. Definitely. My favorite match is him versus uh, Jonathan Gresham at Anarchy. Oh, real good. Real good. Have yep. you uh, ever faced Gresham? Because I know he used to wrestle the local Indies around here. Uh, I did wrestle Gresham once, and it was for a Beyond Wrestling sleeper cell taping. So I don't know if that counts or not, but basically we wrestled with no fans in front of a mob of wrestlers. Uh, I remember it was good, and I got knocked the fuck out at some point. But past that, it was it was good. Um, Gresham had trained and traveled and worked with, or maybe not traveled, trained and worked with a very dear friend of mine, Matt Cage. So that was kind of my end there. But like, yeah, that whole day, it was a, it was like a long, like, I think we got there at like noon or something. And we were there until like eight or 10 and we just filmed matches all day long. I had like, I think I had four that day. Um, and if I recall correctly, I think the one with Gresham was the last one. Um, but yeah, like I, past that, yeah, I don't, uh, I think that was it for me and him. And I, I don't even know if that footage ever got released. I was kind of like real mad <laughs> that a lot yeah. of that footage never got released actually. But, you know, some people run a business one way. Some people run a business another way. What's Dang. the uh, longest, like, I guess, day you've had wrestling? Like, because you just said it was, like, from noon to eight, four matches. What's the longest you've had? Uh, so, a few years ago, back in 2017, um, I did about a two, two-and-a-half-week tour of England for a place called Mega Slam, And they did what they called camp shows, which were basically what we would call, like, spot shows or festival shows here. Very family-friendly stuff very basic like you would do two singles matches and intermission come back with a tag so everybody's working double right well the entire crew would be your four wrestlers your one referee and your one mc or host so you have a crew of six uh you'd get to the venue you all travel together in the same van bus thing or whatever with the ring the six of you set the ring up the six of you do the show you tear it down you go right so they would run multiple shows. Uh, oftentimes they would do multiple shows. So there were a couple of those dates where we did three shows in a day. So those were long days. So that was like, you know, we're up at six, seven, we're in the van. You know, we get to town A, uh, set up, we do a show at noon, noon to one, tear it down, get back in the truck, go to show two. You know, how, wherever the fuck far away that is, uh, we go from like two to three. All right, tear it down, <laughs> go to the oh, next one, uh, set it up, do the deal, you know, show three, you know, from five to six or six to seven, whatever it is. All right, tear it down again and go back to our trailer um, for the evening. So there was, I think we had, I think when I was there, we had two or three of those days where we had three shows in a day. And, oh. and, and on each show, you're doing a, a, a singles match and you're doing a tag. So that would have been, you know, six, six matches over the course of a day, plus three separate setup and teardowns, plus the travel time in between. Plus it was England. So the food fucking sucked. 
<laughs> but yeah. Oh man, I can, I'm just trying to picture just a crew of six setting up and tearing down a ring. That's all I can think about. We had it pretty well down by the, by the time that like after a few days there, we had it pretty well down. Like I went with a buddy of mine that was also an American, so I had somebody there, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, after a few days, they took to us quite nicely, and um, we got along great. We got a raise in our pay halfway through, which is also great. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, well, it was, it was also a small ring. It was like a 14 foot ring, but like that, that place is wild because they would like, I think at one point they were running over 600. They were averaging like 600 shows a year. So they had two, they had different teams with different yeah. rings. So you'd have a crew of six over here running this circuit at the same time, this crew of six is over here running this circuit. Oh, you man. know, and occasionally you'd, you know, trade roster members, so to speak, you know, or, or yeah. crewers, whatever you want to call them. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a great learning experience, but boy, howdy, those three shows in a day. That's yeah. I could not. Oh man. That, Cause like you said, the three shows plus tear down. Oh, at the end of those days, you were probably just ready to get to, get to the room and just go to bed. Oh yeah. And we were all staying in a trailer. We were all staying in a trailer in a theme park. So, you know, sometimes I'd have a couch to sleep on, <laughs> you know, because, like, the, the guys that are higher up or whatever, they get the, the rooms with the bed. And I was like, all right, well, I'm tall, and this couch <laughs> just ain't enough. So, more often than not, I slept on the floor. But that was what it was. Jeez. The wife of an indie wrestler, I could, I could never do that. Like, it just – I my sleep schedule is messed up as is, but if you start adding in, like, just a long day like that man because i've i did uh i used to like try to do setups around here locally just to help and right all that. and but like i could not imagine doing it two or three times a day because like we would have like i like everyone like all the people trying to get on the card and then like people just helping out and stuff like right. that and like at that point it was becoming like there's too many people because there's a lot of just standing around and people would be like hey yeah. what and, and, and if you are one of those people, you kind of just end up being in the way almost, you know, and yeah. then you get told, hey, just move. Well, then now you're just the body standing there and, you know, it's it's, it's an odd balancing act. But I think um, and I mean, like I've had like long days here in the States, too, because like I used to do a lot of shows up in North Dakota and we would be happy when they ran in Fargo because it was only 10 hours each way. You know, um, they would run like, I think it's called uh, Wilmington, North Dakota or Williston, something like that. And from where I left, it would be 15 hours each way. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. that's that's a, that's a jaunt, you know. <laughs> well, you would do 15 hours do the show and then 15 hours home or would you stay overnight? We'd usually stay overnight because they, they ran in in hotels. So, like, the show would be oh, in the hotel, and you would get a room, you know, which is great. And they got to a point where they were running a lot of double shots. So you would leave on, like, a Thursday evening, drive all night and into the next day, get to the hotel Friday morning around lunchtime-ish, give or take, check in, sleep, eat, chill, whatever, do the Friday night show, uh, rampage. Uh, <laughs> go back to the hotel sleep crash you know whatever do the saturday show and then you then at that point it was okay well do we stay here and sleep or do we just get the fuck home 
and sometimes it was one and sometimes it was the other oh man oh man so what's the longest uh you drove for a show probably those yeah i think uh yeah. williston or whatever the fuck that town was called it was somewhere around that 15 hour mark um I did one in Texas in like 2010 that was also quite lengthy, but I cannot remember how far we went. Um, but yeah, like Williston or whatever, it, it was borderline Canada. You know, I mean, that was that was a long way to go. Um, but yeah, they, they took very good care of us every time we were there. And I always had a blast. I always had fun. Um, the first time I ever went, it was for a one night and that was rough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, yeah, that, that place, uh, North Dakota was actually, it ended up being a lot of fun. Uh, I had a lot of really good matches out there. Always had a good time, you know. Uh, wish it was still going. So how many of uh, the states have you wrestled in? Are there any states that you haven't wrestled in that you wish you did? Oh, wish- yeah. There's a lot of the states I haven't been to. Um, I... I, I mean, I'd like to do, like, I've been to California. I'd like to wrestle out there. Um, I'm a warm weather guy. So if I could get booked in Arizona, that'd be great. Um, yeah, there's nowhere specifically, though, where I'm like, I want to go there, you know, for me. Just because I've been to most of the places that I think I'm, you know, stateside, at least, that I want to go to. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fairly easy when it comes to stuff like that. I'm just kind of like, yeah. okay, I'm wrestling. Well, what am I doing? You know, like, oh, what's over here? Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I uh, I asked that question, but then I remember there's like some states I don't even have like any wrestling. Like uh, Idaho. Like- I always wonder about Idaho. Do you think Idaho has wrestling? I don't. It barely so. has people. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Cause like them, like Wyoming, when GCW ran Wyoming, I was like. Do they even have like fans? Like, dude, I've been to Wyoming once in my life. I ain't, I don't want to go back there. Holy shit. In fifth grade, uh, we all had to pull out a state out of like a hat and do a report on it. Like, it had to be a big report, like the state history, all of that. Yeah. And I fucking pulled Wyoming. And I remember being in fifth grade. I'm like, what the, f- what's in Wyoming for people to care about? Like, it's just, I believe if my knowledge of trivia holds up, Rhode Island has a higher population than Wyoming does. Yeah, because I think Wyoming is just a lot of farmland. It is, and desert. (laughs) So, but yeah, like Idaho, Wyoming, Montana probably doesn't have much. Uh, Now that I think about it, Idaho does, because uh, a buddy of mine lives in Idaho and he wrestles there. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, now thinking about it. But this is also coming from someone I didn't know Idaho was like west of me. I thought Idaho was like <laughs> over there. <laughs> and when I found that out, I was like, oh, okay. Idaho is farther than I, farther than I imagined. Cause it like borders Nevada, I think, which it is, does. Yeah, yeah. Which is insane to me. I thought it bordered like Kentucky or something. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Next uh, set of questions. It's just kind of like rapid fire in a way. Yep. It just, I'm going to ask a few questions. You just off the top of your head, discuss it. Uh, the next, the first one is what's your favorite wrestling trope? I asked this because I was just listening to uh, your one night stand five episode. And you okay. you said one of your favorites are the, uh, they, their best friends and 
they know each other like the back of the hand or whatever. What's some other wrestling tropes that you were just like? <laughs> one, of, one of my absolute favorites, and you used to see this a lot during the Attitude Era, would be uh, the, the, the heel comes out to the ring in their gear and everything, right? Like uh, Jeff Jarrett was like one of the kings of this. And just cut a promo, blah, blah, blah. And then out comes the babyface. Let's just say, hypothetically, it's X-Pac. And he says, well, why don't you put your Intercontinental Championship on the line tonight? And the heel goes, I'm not here to wrestle tonight. <laughs> Anytime that that happens, it just makes me laugh so hard. Because I'm like, well, one, why are you in the ring? Why are you on the show? You know what I mean? Why are you in your gear? Why are you slathered up in baby oil? But anytime that the heel says, I'm not here to wrestle tonight. I'm just here to sign autographs and look handsome. Uh, I love that. I also, um, I very much love, uh, you see this on the independence a lot and, and places have gotten better about how they do this, but it used to just be really bad. Uh, so, let me let me set this up by saying when I was a kid, one of the things that drove me nuts about wrestling was how some something would happen on on Monday, and then next Monday that person would still be just as mad as they were the previous Monday. Because I was like, bro, a even as a child, I was like, a week has gone by. Calm down, you know what I mean? Like, sure, you're still mad, but like, relax, right? Whenever an indie show that runs once a month has somebody come, like, they interrupt uh, an entrance or whatever, and they go, I'm still mad at you, Koski, because of what you did to me back at February Slam or whatever. And I'm like, dude, it has been nine weeks. <laughs> you, you've been at this emotional state for a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, no, I asked that because I was in my break room and – uh you guys were watching One Night Stand 05 and it was Jericho versus Storm and you said that and I was like, oh, I have to find out what other tropes he likes. Because... Uh, dude, that, that one's fucking great. Um, anytime... <laughs> anytime that we just imply, if you go to the back, if you go through the curtain to the back, you stop fighting. Like, two guys that are in the ring are just beating the shit out of each other and they brawl all around, but the moment they go back through the curtain, yeah, just... All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's like well uh, what was it called whenever you were playing on base you just you can't you can't fight me here can't find me here <laughs> i'm in the safe zone now uh this one comes from my co-host on my other podcast he wants me to ask every guest this if you could fix one thing in your house right now what would it be fix yeah one or thing in your house that you could fix or change Fix or change. Uh, if I could get my basement to be about a foot and a half taller than it is, I know that's not a quick fix and it would actually be cheaper to just get a new home. But uh, <laughs> no, like I, I like like my basement is, you know, a basement, but I'm tall. So yeah. I kind of duck my head when I'm into my basement and I have gym stuff set up down there and I have other stuff set up down there. I would like to be able to walk around my basement just standing upright. No, I, uh, cause I asked that question for every guest and my favorite answer so far is I asked Jack Gavins this and he goes, he goes, he goes, oh, I'm not sure. And then he goes, Oh, son of a bitch. I have to get my floors done. And then he yells across the house and he's like, honey, I'm calling the floor guy tomorrow. I promise. He's like, thanks for reminding me. And I was like, all right, all right. So, and then Tony Mamaluke said he has a beeping noise in his wall at all times. And I'm like, that's not, you need to get that checked out. That's, that reminds me of the, uh, 
Always Sunny episode with just the news flash, asshole. <laughs> I've been hearing it the entire time. Yeah, he said that, like, I forgot where in his house it is, but he said it's just a constant, just like, like, oh, every, you gotta like, burn that house down. He There's... said he's like, it's funny because he told us he's like, I've like dug through couch cushions, everything to see if it's there. I've I've smacked the wall as hard as I can to make it stop. And I was like, you just need to get in, like, new home you just need to move you got to leave that's an indian burial ground situation right there my friend yeah and then the uh next one is what is your favorite non-wwe pay-per-view uh so i went to all out last year in september with the uh day back-to-back debuts at the end of the night with uh adam cole and brian danielson the whole show is fantastic, and I have rewatched it, and it does hold up. And I had such a great time there. And I, I don't go to a lot of live wrestling shows. Like at this point in my life, I just went to one this past Sunday. I uh, went to Forbidden Door, but um, I think I've gone to less than ten in my life. Okay. Um, well, no, because I used to go to a lot of Ring of Honor. So I, but if you're if you take Ring of Honor out of the equation. I've gone to like less than 10 in my life because I've been to three for AEW at this point. And I think I've been to three or four WWE house shows and one raw. Okay. Uh, and that's it. Um, but yeah, all out was definitely the best one, like by, by a huge margin, the show itself is just great. And then man, Oh man, that place just came unglued. Uh, plus that was like punk's first match back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the Lucha Brothers and the Bucks absolutely tore it down in that cage match. Like, it, yeah, like it was just fucking stellar. When uh, I was at a friend's house for that, when Adam Cole came out, I was like calling my brother right away. I was like, oh, dude, I need to talk to him right now about this. I can't wait for the morning. And I like called him and he's like walking around the house talking to my dad about it. And then Daniel Bryan comes out and my dad's like, how you doing, Jake? And I like, I'm like, Dad, I love wrestling. I love wrestling so much right now. So good. It takes a lot for me to like, because I was just watching Forbidden Door. I was like, man, like I just love wrestling. Like when Cesaro or Claudio came out, me and my brother just looked at each other like there's no way. Like we knew it was happening, but we didn't believe it until it happened. Right. uh, What other AEW pay-per-view did you go to? Uh, I went to one episode of Dynamite in Milwaukee last last fall. Had to have been last fall because Omega was still champ. He was there. Um, Yeah, I went to All Out, one episode of Dynamite, and then Forbidden Door. And that's been it for me with them, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah, I went to Rampage last fall when they were supposed to do full gear, but... right pushed it off right before and then i just went to dynamite a few weeks ago and those events are just stellar like it was real fun it was a great time the ladder match because it was the where christian turned right that was that like going back to like what you said moments like just hearing the like crowd just gasping and then just going to straight silence when he turned (laughs) it was just insane because it like it's cool seeing it at an indie show but when you have a whole arena just just Right. It's different. Uh, And then this next one, it's just rapid fire again, but it's just your quick opinion on the first one being Brock Lesnar beating the streak or ending the streak, I should say. 
in my opinion, shouldn't have ever happened, but yeah, it did. So yeah. I never would have had the streak end myself. Uh, I, I wouldn't have had the streak end. I don't think I would have had Brock be the guy to do it. And I sure as shit wouldn't have had somebody else beat him after the streak ended. That's the part that gets me. Like, I, I can't. Not, it's not like that company doesn't like to make anything special. Like we, we you know, you, you can be a fan if you want. That's great. If you enjoy the product, awesome. More power to you, right? They don't want things to be special. They just want it to be there. And that might be the last special thing that they had. And I can understand the argument for having it end. I, I can hear that. In my mind, you should have had that if you were going to do that, which, again, I would not have done. You used that to make a new star. I don't think that match should have ever happened in the first place. I just don't think it should have gone down. Okay, cool. Well, now you've made Lesnar, who was already made. He was already nigh unfuckwithable. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. And yes, they did capitalize on it with Lesnar because then he went on an absolute fucking tear for years and years and years. Well, that's great. But you could have done that with a lot of people, you know, or you could have just not and let this guy that did a lot of work for your company and everything have his thing and then just get old and go home. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then if you're going to have the streak end, why do it again? Yeah. That, like I said, that's where it gets me. I can get over the streak ending, but whenever he lost again, I was just like, all right, now you're just like, you're just like putting your nail in the coffin on the streak, which I didn't like. That was just, you made the streak look goofy in a way. Yeah. And, and, the, and even to follow up on that, if I feel like Brock and Roman have had, 18 fucking matches and not once had they even referenced it you know what i mean like you could easily you could sell me a match between you well not now but you could have at one point been like hey despite all our differences we're the only two people to beat undertaker at wrestlemania and i would have been like yeah that's something you know that might add to this that you know there's some connective thread there nah yeah yeah fuck it on to the next one, you know, like, ugh. Yeah, because I remember I was like 14, maybe 15 when this freak ended. And I just remember just like sitting there and I just kind of like looked around at my friends and family and I was like, are they like, are they for real right now? Yeah. Like I was just, and like people are like, well, they got a good crowd reaction out of it. I was like, they were just silent. Like that wasn't a yeah. reaction. Like I'm getting like sometimes silence is good for a reaction, but that time that was more like the crowd was just like, "Are you effing kidding us right now?" Like, come on oh, now. Oh, by the way, guys, in case you're curious, uh, I do have my own podcast with uh, Damien Deschain called "What Are We Even Doing?" and we did cover WrestleMania 30. Okay. So, please check out our show. No, send an email. Um, sorry, had to. <laughs> no, no, because I was going to bring that up sooner than later, because that podcast, I I was just talking about it on Twitter to climb. Like, it takes a lot for me to listen to a podcast, because even though I have one, I hate them. But, like, every day the past week and a half, I've caught myself walking to work, walking home on break, just scrolling and finding, like, something that I might like. And I'm like, 
okay, one night stand, click. First episode of uh, WWE CW, click. It's it's a great uh, great podcast. Thank you very much, man. Like I'm very proud of it. Uh, it's funny because we started talking about doing one basically like during what what, what I refer to as the throes of the pandemic, right? Uh, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess we could. There's nothing stopping us. So they even forked up the cash and he got the microphone and everything. I was like, all right, cool. And we just started doing it. And then it's now it's become its own kind of self-sustaining thing. Like every so often I'll go back and listen to some of the original, like very early episodes. And I'm like, oh man, we've come so far <laughs> like very quickly. Like now we have much more of a, a rapport. There's a better tempo. Uh, the segments are more clearly defined you know there's running gags there's returning characters like it's i i love doing it i really do in your intro i love it i don't know why but every time so i used to have a podcast called 193 extreme weeks which was just basically me me and my friend re-watching wwe cw we made it like eight episodes before it happened wow yeah we made it eight episodes and we were like we can't do this no more because it got too much (laughs) and uh what's it called like the intro of it was the ecw theme the beginning of your theme like that very first second sounds just like the ecw theme i don't oh, know oh yeah 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 i didn't know if that was intentional or if no no it wasn't it wasn't that, that that was another thing that uh that damien did he's very actually uh musically inclined makes his own music and everything you know does a lot of musical projects with his friends so all yeah, right. I, I assure you that was not my design either. No, because like I said, like I always hear that and I'm just like, oh man, that sounds just like it. And I always have to check my phone to make sure I'm not re-listening to <laughs> But uh, that leads me to my next one, rapid fire for WWE CW. What are your thoughts on that? Could have been great and it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh we we've covered the first and last episode of it. I want I want to just somehow throw a dart at a board and pick a random episode and do one. Um, I I was real excited for it when it started because I was an ECW fan, and I thought, oh okay, cool ECW, but with you know the WWE financial backing, and in theory that sounds great, and what we got just wasn't. Yeah, man, it just wasn't there, you know, like there was some stuff that I thought was very good, but goddamn, there was a lot of stuff that was bad. Holy shit. Uh, and not even stuff that like, like, like I've heard this talked about before that, you know, time is the ultimate judge when it comes to entertainment. Right. Um, I think it was uh, Roger Ebert used to say that we shouldn't vote on the best picture for the Academy Awards the year they come out, we should wait five years and then go back and say, what was the best picture of that year? Which is a fair point. And I think that's interesting, but there's so many things in that WWE ECW run where it's like, man, even if you take the passage of time out of the equation, this just isn't good. (laughs) You know, like it just, I, I think it loses its way very quickly when they got rid of Heyman, it absolutely just went tits up. And yeah, man, then it just became a, 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 a an aggressively obvious C show and borderline developmental, 
you know, uh, like we, we covered the last episode of it. All they do is hype the debut of NXT. Yeah. There's, there's like three matches on that last episode. So of that brand it, it's bonkers. Yeah. I wanted to start the podcast because I remember being a kid loving WWE CW as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, like just watching it now, I'm just like, man, because it was just the few beginning weeks of it that I didn't like, it was just WWE versus ECW. That's right. like the whole, like the whole theme of the show was. And I just, I, we couldn't do it. We were like, one day we just were like, all right, ever done with this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because like, the, I always say the best thing that that brought was Tony Mamaluke being on because that was just something that I never thought would happen. And he right. that he didn't think he'd ever be on a podcast again because the way I got him is I got on good old cage match. I found the last promotion he worked for in like 2015 and I like emailed that booker and I was like, hey, do you think you could ask Tony or if you said his contact info, pass it along to us. And he's like, Tony's like confused why you want him on but sure and like Tony was like I don't know why you guys are having me on but he was like we told him and he was like oh God bless your guys' souls for watching that I I could not (laughs) uh, Ring of Honor alumni Tony Mamaluke former uh, Ring of Honor tag team champion Tony Mamaluke it's funny because like whenever we posted the episode of like we made like we made a big deal and they were like the Tony Mamaluke episode please listen and everyone's like you guys got Tony Mamaluke on? Like, okay, like, sure. Like, it's nothing that we wa- knew we wanted. And he was the funniest guy ever because at the end of the episodes, we ask, I'm going to ask you at the end of this episode, what's a piece of advice you'd give us? And he goes, he said, um, what was it? Always pay, or well, happy wife, happy life. Always pay your taxes. And no matter the circumstances, always pull out. And like, <laughs> When me and my friend started laughing, like seeing Tony just like smile, knowing that he popped us, he was like, "Okay." Right. But, uh, but yeah, Tony Mamaluke is one of the nicest people, also. And then this next one is: What is your opinion on the NWL? Ah, fuck. Okay, so I know you you keep saying that these are rapid fire, and I keep going on these tirades. <laughs> no, that's fine. I like it that way, too. Uh, I, okay, hang on. Mm. Having a few beverages during this, guys. Um, I my, my tenure in the NWO was a little bit different from some of the other guys because I was a part-time guy. Uh, was always going to be. Um, I very much enjoyed my time at the end at, in NWL, and I, I really wish that it had continued. I think that there's a lot of people that give it a bad rap because it ended up being short-lived, but it didn't, it like, by the way, are we allowed to swear on this show? Cause I've been swearing all yeah. night. Yeah. Okay. Like nobody got fucked over by that company. Nobody got fucked over by that company in the sense, in the sense that every person got paid what they were agreed to be paid. Everyone got taken care of the full-time guys had medical insurance which is the the wwe doesn't even offer that you know what i mean um do i think that like they got it right initially absolutely not absolutely not and i and i think that even the the people that were more involved with it than me would tell you that 
But the thing that sucks about it was they were getting it right. And they started getting it right for the last probably, I'm going to say six months, maybe even eight. Because then they were drawing good houses. They were doing good business. Their television exposure was going well. The product was good at that point. And then the plug got pulled. And I think that's the part that like people get upset about the most is that it was finally working out the kinks and everything. And then it, you know, was shut down. And it's a thing where it's like, man. So like for myself personally, I'm a very skeptical person when it comes to new promotion starting because I've seen it a hundred times. They come and they go, right? Yeah. Well, when I first got to, I consider Pierre Abernathy to be a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a very early heads up that Anarchy was shutting doors and that this NWL thing was happening. And as he described it to me, it sounded impossible. You know what I mean? Where I was like, oh, so this guy with seemingly endless Scrooge McDuck money is just going to start a new wrestling company. Like, what? Come on. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds absurd. Holy shit. Well, that's real. So then I have to be like, gulp swallow my pride and be like yeah, i'd like a job uh, <laughs> so uh i had a conference call um it's the only time i think i've ever had a conference call in my life especially about wrestling uh i finally at one point i did get frustrated and i was like hey this is what i'm good at this is what i'm bad at i'm confident i can add to your guys's show they ended up giving me a spot i was paid very well as as a part-time guy by the nwl i did the best that i absolutely could with whatever they threw at me right so my own personal experience was great and i know that like other people were obviously much more invested in it you know financially mentally emotionally whatever you want to call it right on it on every level and i wish it had continued and it's crazy to me that there's so many people that try to like shit on it because i'm like hey man if if, you know if the last six months of it had been the first six months of it it'd still be going not there's not a doubt in my mind you know what i mean um i only had a few interactions with the boss man one of them i thought was absolutely going to get me fired and it didn't um but like it, it was also very cool to learn how to do professional wrestling for television because a lot of us don't get to do that. I'd, I'd done it like years prior for a small thing out of uh, Arkansas that had TV. Uh, they were on this hot new thing back then called Roku, which you may have heard of. Um, <laughs> but like, that, like, yeah, was it perfect? Absolutely not. It, it, it wasn't, you know, and I'm not going to uh, pretend that it was, but I do think that the pros desperately outweighed the cons. And so there's just a lot of people like, I, I don't know, every so often I think that like people shit on it. And it's like, well, you're just fucking pissed off because you didn't get a, a gig there, you know, and I mean, jealousy is a stinky cologne, <laughs> you know, like. And again, I was a tiny, 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 tiny part of that machine. There's a lot of things I wish I'd gotten to do there. I had a bunch of ideas, like right before 
uh, it ended, I was aggressively pitching ideas because that was around the time that I found the low life character. And I wanted to do a ramshackle tag team and an, an odd couple tag team with Niles Plunk or where I was like, guys, like think of the promos, just think of the promos. You know what I mean? Like him trying to educate me on wine, me trying to make him drink cheap domestic beer, me at a, at a, at a, a, a vineyard, him in a dive bar, like the, the, it's all right there. You know what I mean? And I wanted it really, really badly. And then, uh, unfortunately that just never came to pass, you know? Um, but yeah, man, like it just, I just wish that it had gotten to go another six months, another year, you know, because they were, it was firing on all cylinders. And then, and honestly, I don't, blame major for pulling the plug like the that guy has more money than i'm ever going to see in my life what i mean he's about that than i will ever even hope to be so if he sees okay i have to fucking pull the plug on this he's going to you know like i don't understand like i understand if you're an employee I get your grudge. You know what I mean? I absolutely do. Right. And, and you have all the right in the world to be upset. But if you're one of these people on the outside looking in, you don't, one, most of them don't know what they're talking about. And two, you're never going to be in that situation. So who are you to judge? You know what I mean? Um, no, I, I, I love my time there. Like there, there were times where I was frustrated with what I was doing, but I also understood that like, Hey man, I'm, I'm a spoke on a wheel, you know, like I, I wasn't a top guy there ever and was not supposed to be. I think that like, I could have been over time. I had several matches and promos and performances where I was very heavily like praised and thanked afterwards. But, like, yeah, man, I, I just think there was way more pros than cons about it. And I, I kind of wish that people would just, I don't know, either, either be objective about it or shut up. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, because, like, I just know it uh, from a fan perspective. And I loved it. And, like, I don't know all the details of when they closed down and all that, but I loved it, like, and that's why I ask anybody that did work for them what their opinion on it was because it like you said like it was given people that didn't really get to get TV ready or like work on TV work on TV and I I wish it was still around I loved it like I went to one or two shows in the Casaloma Ballroom was like yeah. it was one of my favorite venues one of my favorite venues which leads me to this one what's your opinion on Spalding Hall which is my favorite I, venue I. I love Spalding. I, I love Spalding Hall. Um, they don't have gambling anymore, and that pisses me off. But um, no, man, I, I love Spalding. Um, there, there's, it's a weird thing because like I, I've wrestled in a lot of venues, right? And every so often there is one that is special, and it's special for that brand, right? It's special for that roster, that company, you know, whatever. Uh, Spalding is always going to be special for Anarchy. Always, you know. Um, I think this new version, so to speak, of Spalding 
is good. I think it lends itself to being filmed and photographed much better than the uh, older one does. And the ceiling is a little bit higher in certain parts of the ring, which is always great. Um, God damn it. I miss gambling at Spalding, though. Uh, I didn't know they used uh, gambling there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, they yeah the the upstairs area, which is now the locker room, used to have a bar in it, and then uh, there were gaming machines back there. So if I was not found, that's where I was found. Um, but uh, I love Spalding for Anarchy. I'm always gonna love the Knights of Columbus in LaSalle, Illinois for Dreamwave. Uh, you know, like AAW is always gonna have Berwyn Eagles Club. PWG will always have um, Reseda. You know. Uh, I think that Spalding for that territory, so to speak, is that venue, if that makes any sense. Where no, definitely. It it's but I also think that's a testament to what anarchy is because uh other, numerous of the promotions have ran in Spalding and, and some of them have done very great shows and some of them have done very good shows, but you don't think about those promotions being linked to that venue. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, man, it's still it's still great to go there. You know, like I'm I'm glad that it's back. You know, I'm glad that we're back there and everything. It always feels a little familiar. You know, this new version of it took a little getting used to. You know, a show or two, but like now it's even the thing where it's like, okay, this is where I set up my stuff. You know, in in the locker room type of thing, and yeah, it's 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 been a shift of gears, but it's nice. You know, like there's a massive TV in the back. So now that like they stream the shows on Twitch, we're able to watch the shows in the back, which is cool, even though there is a delay. So you'll hear the ring shake from something awful happening. And then 10 seconds later, you'll see it on the screen. So I was like, Oh, that's that thing that people were going nuts for, you know? Uh, No, I, I, I love it. I just went to Spalding for the first time last weekend since 2019 or so, I want to say. And, yeah. like, when I walked in there again, like, just waiting in that little waiting area that we all wait in line, I'm just like, man, this just – it feels it feels like home. Like, not to be cliche, but it feels like home. And, like, when I walked in there, I'm like, oh, man, this is where this happened. This is where that happened. And then right. it's just – new setups just – like, I like it. It's just – it's odd being able to go back where the curtain used to be because I used to that I'm used to that spot being like uh, off limits because that's where the curtain was and I miss right. the uh, bar area because I used to love going up there ordering a pizza and seeing all the wrestlers just sitting at the bar or walking back behind the kitchen to get to the locker room I guess. Man, I miss that bar. <laughs> is it but, is there not a bar up there anymore? What's that? Is there not a bar up there anymore? Nope. <laughs> That's okay. just all of us waltzing around. Okay. I used to, I, I don't know why, but I just imagine the bar being the locker room and you guys all just sitting in a bar waiting, but okay. Okay. And then one last one before we wrap this up is if you could give one piece of advice, doesn't have to be related to wrestling, what would it be? Um, uh, man, this is going to, I'll end up going on a tirade again. Um, be cool. You know, like, just just be cool. Be easy. Just be cool. You know, like, 
if you if you view yourself as a main event person, right? And this is wrestling advice, I guess, but I can bleed it into real life shit. Actually, here's how I'm going to word this. Be cool and work hard. Just for everything. Be cool and work hard. If you want something, great. Don't bitch about it. Be cool. Do the fucking work. Get it. If you're a professional wrestler, uh, you view yourself as a main event guy, and you go to a different show, and they say, oh, hey, you're on third tonight. Bro, be cool. Go out there. Have the best third on the card match that you can have. Work hard. Be cool. That's that. If you are uh, a person who's not used to being in the main event situation and they say, hey, you're on last night. We need 20 minutes of insane strong style shit. Be cool. Work hard. That's that. Uh, if it's real life shit, man, like if you, you know, what I'm trying to think of even like a small one. Say if you want to lose five pounds, right? Be cool work hard, lose five pounds. Uh, if, if you want to get your own house, be cool. Don't bitch about it. Be cool. Work hard, buy your own house. That's the best thing I can fucking tell you. Like, and I, I could, I could go on and on about, you know, advice for wrestling and shit for a, another hour. But if I got to sum it up, that's how I'm going to sum it up. All right. All right. And then lastly, you want to let the people know where they can find you on social media, at shows, all of that? Uh, let's see. So uh, social media, I do off and on run the podcast Twitter account. It's at W-A-W-E-D pod, or WOWED pod on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Snapchat because I'm a 16-year-old girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm on Snapchat at Bitter Lunatic. It's basically just pictures of me yelling about things and cooking food because I'm an excellent cook, by the way. Um, get a Blackstone grill. I'm just saying, change your life. Uh, pass that on social media. I am on Facebook. Please don't add me on Facebook. Uh, I basically only have Facebook to check out the Facebook Marketplace and peruse cars and four-wheelers that I may or may not spend my money on to get myself even further into debt. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for, for social media. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on MySpace. I'm not on Tout. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as upcoming shows, um, Circus Maximus. We got to talk Circus Maximus, St. Louis Anarchy in July. I'm going to Beat the ever-living Christ out of Greg Jovi until he coughs up blood and shit. Um, past that, uh, I'm on Zawa live shows all the time. Zawa is something that's very near and dear to my heart. We run a lot of shows in northern Illinois. Please check us out online. Um, Journey Pro, obviously. Still the reigning, defending heavyweight champion of the Journey Pro world. Uh, please follow Journey Pro. Like, they... that place is so fucking good to people um i'm also the rocket pro wrestling heavyweight champion of the rocket pro world they are off for the summer they run out of joliet illinois or joliet depending on who you ask uh <laughs> but yeah check them out uh let's see where else do i'm work i don't know uh also uh check out my podcast i'm gonna use your show to plug my show uh <laughs> 
Absolutely. Take back, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, check out what are we? Check out what are we even doing here? It's on it's on Spotify. It's on uh, Google. It's on Apple. It's on all of them, basically. So, pretty mm-hmm. funny shit sometimes. Oh, I the best that. the best is when I have to go back and listen to my own show because I'm like, oh, I got way too fucked up when we started this episode and I don't remember what I said. I'm gonna get canceled now. <laughs> <laughs> No, your po- like I said, dude, your podcast is literally some of the best content I listen to. I love it. Like, just, I don't know. What, real quick, one last question. What's your favorite episode you've done? My favorite episode that we've done is probably the often referenced December to December watch along. Uh, some of some just so stupid. It's so stupid, but it's so fucking funny to me. Um, I absolutely love that one. Uh, anytime that we have Connor on and it's a three-man booth is also very funny to me. But um, boy, howdy, if you're going to check out one episode of that of my show, please check out that December to Dismember Watch Along because we recorded that shit at like 10 or 10.30 in the morning, I think. I'm drinking chiladas. It's December to Dismember. Uh, I think that's where the running gag of talking about <laughs> shitting in your pants as a competition and a way to impress a date started. Okay, I need to, I need to listen to that one because you, uh, Connor, and uh, Klein have all told me like check that one out. So I'm gonna have to check that one out. And the audience that's listening to this needs to just listen to that one, but the rest of your episodes. But any last words? Uh, no, I don't know, man. Be cool. Work hard. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And most importantly, thank you for being on. That's going to do it for this episode. Leave a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Leave one star, five stars. I don't give a damn. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Yo, you know, out of space, space. Shout out to the man in his podcast. Shout out Squint. Shout out Cody. Bitch. Squint and Cody. Still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me. Waited that spells like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen, they got to the dream, huh? Squint and Cody. Still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me. Waited that spells like I feel it like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? Ay, We make it happen, yeah. they got to the dream. Huh? Me, 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 my, my. Catch your thotty by her toe. If she says she don't listen to the podcast, I let her go. If she says she do to see a motherfucking keep a grim reaper killing beast without the effort, cause I'm eat good. Came from the bottom, so jump from the top rope. My head is mad, how I'm spitting the scout flow. I'm on my game, running up and I pop flow. We want to grease like a cheese, it's like nachos, huh? Say, let me breathe for a second, huh? I'll be ballin' hard count in these threes like I'm reffin', huh? Squints and Cody, still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me. Waited that spells like I'm feelin' like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam, huh? We make it happen, they got to the dream, huh? Squints and Cody, still locked in like Shaq and Kobe. They can't hold me. Waited that spells like I'm feelin' like Brody. Talk with Lee, huh? They can't stop me on my team, huh? We all gleam.